This is the No Vacancy Podcast. We discuss housing's impact on the city of Vancouver from the perspective of three working professionals. I'm Dan Beck. I work at a tech startup and I rent in the city. My name is Sarfraz Khan. I grew up in Vancouver. I work for a crown corporation and I own a property in Vancouver. My name is Ben Crocker. I've lived in Vancouver for just over 10 years now. I rent and I work in healthcare. So as we were driving over here, um, there was this one sign on the side of the road. It was this giant, like, I don't know, eight foot wide, six foot tall wooden placard saying like tenant power outside some house. That, is that driven by this NDP push to give tenants more rights? I don't know. The house looked pretty rough, but <laughs> I'm just imagining like tenants on bicycles generating electricity. <laughs> and that's how they're paying rent. Just take it literally. <laughs> yeah. Take that PC hydrant. <laughs> Tenant power. There you go. Power. It's like that Black Mirror episode. It's literally a, like a Black Mirror episode where all these people are like basically human batteries just like living in a building, riding a bicycle all day to create power for the rest of the world. I haven't seen that, but yeah. Interesting. It's green. It's, it's green energy. It's funny. I guess there's a few of those Black Mirror episodes where people focus on riding bikes. It's like a prop that gets reused. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that could be a new thing that we could uh, we could suggest uh, the NDP introduce is tenant power. Tenant power, yeah. <laughs> a way to reduce rental costs. <laughs> reduce the depth. We already have a bunch of bike lanes anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Get the electric generators on there. All right, so <laughs> current events. So I think we've all been reading the news this week and we saw um, the, well, I guess the big kerfuffle surrounding the uh, school's levy. Uh, properties over three million dollars. I think it's a, is a point two percent. We're saying increase. That's it. Point two on over three, point four over four, something like yeah, that. Yeah, which isn't huge dollars, and it literally kicks in uh, the value of your property over three million. So your place is worth three point five. You're only taxed on that five hundred thousand dollar portion, not the full three point five million. There's been a lot of articles out there saying people saying I'm going to lose my home. I'm getting pushed out. I can't afford it. But then the, the counter argument is talking about the fact that you can defer it. Um, but we've heard people say that, but I don't know. If we've officially heard that. So, what do you guys um, think about this? Yeah. Well, I think you, know, you can defer it. Um, you definitely can defer it. Um, I some of the kind of counter arguments that I've uh, read is is that, um, and I don't want to stereotype the whole demographic, but I've read that seniors don't like debt. Um, they're at a point in their life where they don't, they just don't want debt anymore. Like they've, they've worked, they've, they're, they're, they've accumulated, they have what they need and they don't want to have debt. So, um, so that's the kind of counter argument. And obviously it is an additional tax. So it's more, more money that they have to pay, but they can defer it. Yeah. They, they absolutely can defer it. I, I just read, um, I went to the city of Vancouver's website, um, and read that apparently if you're over 55, there's a few different criteria like if you're over 55 if you're a surviving spouse or if you have a disability then you can defer your taxes um until you've sold your house or 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 until death yeah essentially so it's a possibility yeah. for, for a lot of people and the debt side's interesting too because I think, I think of my grandmother in victoria she has no debt and she always you know, talks about that when I have discussions. And she's like, oh, I had to save for things before I even bought them. Like, she doesn't, have, you know, doesn't use a credit card. She saves it and she writes a check. So that's true. It's like, yes, they have this option, but maybe there's some sort of 
cultural drive from when they were younger, where it was ingrained about debt being bad, debt being evil, that even though it's an option to them, a lot of them don't want that. And then that stresses them out because now they have to find more money to pay for a house. There was a picture in uh, one of these newspapers I was looking at earlier this week, and the people protesting were not were not senior citizens. Maybe this is a bit of a bias that, uh, but it, you know, it was I saw a kid holding a sign, like you yeah. know, a kid of a family living on the west side holding a sign talking about how they they didn't like the school tax. Uh, incidentally, that that tax is probably going towards that child's school. I, I think you were saying it was seismic upgrades for his school, so that when we have an earthquake, it doesn't come down. Uh, so, I mean, this this money needs to come if they if they've decided that they don't want the, the schools falling down in an earthquake, that money has to come from somewhere. Yeah. One interesting thing though about the school tax is that apparently it doesn't necessarily go to schools; mm-hmm. it goes to general revenues. Okay. And that's one of the kind of arguments that people have made is that it it might not actually go to schools, but it's just called a school tax for whatever reason. Right. Um. So I I think that's somewhere where the NDP could probably make some make an improvement there is to at least specify exactly where it's going because it, it's just it just adds to the it just adds um fuel to the flames of people who are against it absolutely um so if it was going to se- seismic improvements hell yeah that's <laughs> i think that's something we need considering like when i was in high school there were like cracks in the top floor of my high school and <laughs> that high school is still standing <laughs> for now uh, i think there's some room for improvement um and i guess on the topic of more taxes or new to other taxes on homes uh, you know at the moment I, I feel like the government is trying to figure out what is the basket of taxes that's going to successfully push down home prices um and i mean i i don't think that there was any tax that could be created that would have people who are affected by that tax um like kind of pleased to pay it uh, many like I've seen in terms of the articles, people talk about how they don't see their home as a an appreciating asset. They see it as a place that they're living. But the fact is that that place that they happen to be living is worth more than three million bucks. Like that, that's a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can't, if you feel like you don't want to pay tax on your on your windfall, then you don't have to. You don't have to own, have like for one thing, you could take out. Alone to to afford that debt, like there's there's various financial instruments to get there. Alternatively, like you just don't need to have a three million dollar house. Maybe you could have a two million dollar house, and then you wouldn't have to worry about this tax. And actually, I think part of it is what that's what the government's trying to do is trying to bring down home prices to make it more affordable. Because at the moment there isn't, you'd have to in terms of percentiles, the amount of people that could afford a fully leveraged mortgage on a three million dollar house. Are restricted to those families earning like six hundred thousand dollars a year, and there aren't there aren't a ton of those people out there. Yeah, but the NDP, I, I I don't know if I'd frame it and say their goal is to reduce the value of homes. What they're trying to do is create a disincentive for houses to become commodities through using the tax system, right? Because right now houses are commodities; they're getting bought up and then just kept as safe savings accounts. For people to park money in a safe political environment and then not use but having all these taxes means you've got to utilize the house it can't be empty you know you have to actually be renting it out you know contributing to society they're not saying oh i want your house to drop from three million to two million that's the goal is they're trying to free up the housing stock and remove all the speculators and investors from housing to make them to then stop it being a commodity like i i think i'd frame it that way 
So you're probably right that that's like the fr- the right framing, but I think ultimately the goal is to reduce the value of the, yeah. the, the average price of a home. Like they obviously they're not going to go out and say we're going to try to yeah. reduce the, like the the assessments, but if if they don't do that and they don't manage to increase incomes or access to financing by the equivalent amount, the accessibility of home issue is going to be there. You can't improve affordability without reducing the cost or giving everyone a pay rise. Yeah. Like, they're your two options, right? Either everyone makes more so they can afford more or yeah. everyone makes the same and the asset price comes down. So, yeah, you're totally right. Or you, you start giving away more, like, interest-free mortgages. <laughs> that went really well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a great success. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Christy. So, uh, so Ben, so... Um, or well, I guess both you guys. You must have heard about uh, David Eby. He was going to do a town hall to uh, talk people through the the new tax, and then um, I guess a bunch of protesters were going to show up and kind of uh, well protest at his town hall. And uh, citing security concerns, he ended up canceling that town hall. Um, I don't know, Ben. If you were David Eby, what would you do? I would have shown up. I wouldn't have canceled it. I think it makes them look bad. Because, I mean, like Dan said, I, I think I read that same article. I think it was Vancouver Sun, and they had pictures, and they were, it was a comment, it was a comment, uh, uh, opinion piece. Yeah. And they were saying, yeah, everyone looked very clean cut. The kids were all, you know, well-dressed in their nice clothes. They weren't this you know, these, uh, disenfranchised group. They were quite wealthy people who were protesting this. And I think David Eby should say, I'm here to represent 99% of the population, not the 1%, and do what's best for the city as a whole. And it's not even that big a deal. It's not even that big a tax relative to the capital gains they've got. No one's looking to steal their equity. We're just trying to, you know, put, we've got to pay for these things, right? And it's and, it, and and the argument that they made, which I thought was interesting, was they're like, why don't you tax incomes? Why are you taxing assets? Well, the issue is, is people aren't declaring incomes. Otherwise, they would tax them. Because you look in Richmond and half the people are on the poverty, on the poverty line. Of what's the average income for a homeowner like twenty eight thousand dollars a year or something ridiculous? Mm-hmm. If people were paying taxes properly and declaring their income, then maybe taxes would be based more on income and not on property. So the NDP is doing the right thing here. It's the system that's broken, and they're just trying to make the best use of what the tools they have available. So that's my view on this. Yeah, and honestly, what's what's wrong with taxing wealth rather than income? I mean, that that notion of taxing income instead of wealth is what keeps wealthy people wealthy. It's like, it's kind of the structure that incentivize, that creates that. If you were to choose to tax wealth instead of income, it would create greater social mobility because you'd have people who aren't, don't have a lot of wealth, who are making money, able to start creating that wealth um, and take people who have a hundred billion or hundred million dollars in the bank, they would pay quite a bit of money. Like, I, I don't see, if you have, if you have a huge store of wealth, that's, uh, I mean, that's another kind of way of doing taxation, but I, I don't, like, in principle, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's a slippery slope. And so I, I, I think I prefer taxing incomes, but then I think there are some exceptions, and the exception being the fact that our system's broken where people aren't declaring incomes. If everyone's declaring incomes properly and they we're taxing worldwide income and everything's fine, like the is actually doing their job, and they're funded properly, then I'd push for that and I wouldn't be pushing for taxing on wealth because it opens a can of worms too, right? Like, Because there are people that maybe like have really frugal lifestyles and they buy stocks and they do make a lot of really good life choices and all of a sudden we're going to claw back their wealth because of that. I don't think that's the right way to do it. But there is a fine, there is a middle yeah. ground somewhere. You know, and I don't know what that answer is, but I think we've got to be really careful. Like I wouldn't go out and say, 
tax wealth, letting you know you've got four million bucks, give me three hundred grand. Like I, I don't think that's well. I mean, I, I mean, it wouldn't be you. You couldn't go to that extreme, no. Right? But uh, and anyhow, that is, maybe it's getting a, a little bit away from the point. Well, maybe not because I guess in this case with the school tax, it is taxing well real real estate, real property wealth. As that is the question: that is, is what is the appropriate way to tax someone, tax wealth or tax incomes? Because yeah. they say tax incomes. And we're saying, well, you're not declaring income, so how are we supposed to do that? Yeah, but I mean, in this case, it isn't just it isn't just around how to raise government revenues, and which is like the best mechanism to do that. It's it's strictly focused around the housing market, which is which is having a huge problem right now. Um, and like the reason they're choosing to try all these different things is because they're trying to figure out what's the right way to get housing mm-hmm. affordable in. Uh, yeah, NBC. and I think as they like as the NDP always say, they say that we're working for the ninety nine percent, not the one percent. And I think that's the right way to look at it. It's like they're looking at the people who ultimately are the future of the city, and they they realize that they need to take care of those people. Otherwise, the city's not going to have a future. So if you piss off one percent of the people, so be it, right? I mean, yeah. it's they they have to they, they they have to work for the masses, not for the not for the few. Um, who have a problem with this because that's what the liberals were doing and that's why we are where we are now. Um, so, I, I mean, uh, inevitably people are going to be pissed off, but you know what? It's, it's, it's still worth it at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that conservative argument of you tax the wealthy people and the wealthy people will leave, it's never, it's never shown actually th- to come out that way. People want to live in one of the, like, the most like, safest, cleanest like best places in the world to live and if they're taxed slightly more for that privilege i mean people are making that cost benefit analysis right now not just the people with a four million dollar home but even those people making fifty thousand dollars and trying to make ends meet here and yeah. uh yeah i, I think that it's uh, it's probably on on hold better for the city this type of approach i think it's fine i think it gets proved i think there's going to be some high visibility pushback from these certain interest groups who are unhappy about it but i think if you interviewed 10 people eight people would say it's a good idea and when you really break down the numbers the biggest barrier is misinformation i think this fear-mongering campaign of how this old lady is getting kicked out of her home because the ndp is coming in and taking her hard-earned equity like that is the argument that the ndp needs to make sure they can message properly and say no it's actually not the way it's working you can defer it there are options here. You're not losing anything. It's going to be... And it's not even that much money. We're talking like... I think the article I read was your house worth $3.5 man, It could be like a 1000 bucks, Like a couple... Maybe a couple thousand dollars that you can defer. So at the end of the day, it's not that big a deal. I don't feel. Cool. You know what I wonder too? Why is the West Side so great? And why is the West Side so expensive? Because whenever I'm in the West Side, I feel like it's boring. It's like there's not really anything going on. It's just like a bunch of stuff. Like it's this very stuffy culture. And uh, I don't know, like, I, if I was living on the west side and I had a $4 million house, I'd be like, this place sucks. And I'm going <laughs> yeah. to sell my house, collect my $4 million, and buy a brand new house somewhere cooler, like maybe along Main Street or Commercial Drive or something yeah. like that, and just like, move. Do you mean like West Van or Kitsilano? When you say West Point no, Grey? Uh, like, yeah, like Point Grey, Shaughnessy, yeah. like kind of those areas. You Marple. get big lots over there, right? Yeah, you can't get a big lot in East End, but there isn't much out there. You're well, right. What's so great about it? I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing that I also don't understand. Like, why why are the you know? And I mean, I I'm not a historian, or I don't I don't understand these things. But just like why why not just just move somewhere else? <laughs> like, what's the draw of being in Point Grey? You know you know what I mean? I, I don't. I'm sure there's some status element to it for sure. Yeah, definitely. But other than that, 
I don't know. I feel like there's not much going on out there. So in summary, yeah, what, what do you, you think? Uh, uh, what do you think? Um, so this this tax it's going to happen. Yep. Six months from now, is it still going to be here? Yep, definitely. And I think it's going to work great. Uh, I think it's it's well intended. It's well purposed. I think we'll hear some noise, but I think it's falling on deaf ears. I don't think anyone's sympathetic because they know it's not that big a deal. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of No Vacancy. If you enjoyed this podcast, like us and keep listening.